Welcome to the Life on Repeat podcast with me, Laura Valancourt, licensed mental health counselor, geriatric mental health specialist, and dementia coach. I'm so happy that you found us. Hi there, everyone. I wanted to hop on today and talk a little about tools to fight the sense of isolation. So we know that isolation, this has kind of been a buzzword (laughs) the last year or so, year and a half, almost two years now. And I know that that is not, that's nothing new to caregivers. And so I, I wanted to hop on and just talk about five tools to fight the sense of isolation. This is such an important topic, as as you well know. And one of the things that I have been really thinking so much about is, again, especially over the last couple of years, is that many caregivers live life feeling isolated, whether we're talking about physical isolation or psychological isolation, physically in your homes, maybe you're not able to leave. Or even if you are able able to leave, it's for short moments, and there's can be such a sense of disconnect from just the community in general, let alone the smaller communities you may be a part of. But also the psychological sense of isolation that occurs in our mind and our spirit. You know, when I worked at a nursing home at one point, and this is real early in my career, I was so struck by some of my first clients. I, I can remember one woman just really, you know, those those memories just stand out so much, but I really remember getting it, this whole idea of here's this woman who is living in this setting where she has no privacy, none at all. You know, there were housekeepers and activities directors and nurses and her roommate and all the different staff members that would be there in the facility 24-7, and she had no privacy at all. But yet, in our counseling sessions together, she talked and we focused so much on the sense of isolation and loneliness and disconnect. And it just, that, that has always stuck with me, just that realization that you can be surrounded by people and still feel lonely. And so whether we're talking about that psychological experience, like I said, in mind and spirit about being connected, or we're talking about, oh gosh, I remember a, a client I had, you know, not soon after the sort of lockdowns started occurring where, where people were being discouraged to leave their homes. And I remember a few caregivers telling me that they didn't even really notice it because that's really how life had been daily for them. Uh, They had already been experiencing the sense of isolation. And I don't know if, if you can relate to that or not, but I just wanted to call it out that there are many people that were experiencing this level of isolation far before the pandemic ever occurred. And then there's also this piece of this collective sense of isolation that we all feel, whether whether we're experiencing it or what level we're experiencing it on, there's this collective sense of isolation 
that is definitely that we are being impacted by. So I pulled out, I was looking just just real briefly for some research articles on this. And I, I did find that there are a few things out there. One of the things that I'll just throw out there is in the Innovation and Aging Journal, there was a study done pre-pandemic. I think this was in 2019 that showed that 44% of caregivers, at least 44% of caregivers in the study were considered socially isolated according to the Berkman Syme Social Index. That's the, the scale that they used to determine this. But 44% is, is a significant amount. <laughs> and again, this is pre-pandemic. So let's talk about, let's just talk about five tools that might help you fight the sense of isolation. And I'll, I'll name some of the, I'll name these five points that I want to outline and and we'll talk about each of them. And hopefully this might be helpful for you. Hopefully this will be a, a, a nice conversation that you can reflect back on. And as I always say, you know, anything I say, please just take what works and leave the rest. I, some of what I say may not resonate with you at all. And I encourage you to shift it and be curious about it, tweak it and change it and make it your own. That's really what these conversations are about is to just kind of put things out there for you to explore and get curious about. So the first number one thing that I'll throw out there is this idea of routine. So when I say routine, I'm thinking about structure or schedules and what a routine can do for folks is bring a sense of peace and stability to our lives during uncertainty. So think about what that means for you. Think about the times in your life where you have felt that you were on a nice, stable schedule or you had a nice routine for yourself. And you know what's funny about this is there are some routines that we do every day without even thinking about it, right? Like we go to bed, we get up, <laughs> we go to the bathroom, we brush our teeth, we eat breakfast, we have coffee. There are some routines that we do without even recognizing that we have a routine. And so the first piece of that is just kind of recognizing and celebrating the areas where we already have that routine. And then get curious about the times where maybe we had a good day, maybe things just tended to flow, you know, maybe an ideal moment in time or a few hours or a whole day where we didn't have barriers or challenges that occurred and what would the ideal day look like for you so i think about that a lot especially when i think about adding these little pieces that can really make a difference like scheduling breaks into the day like paying attention to Oh, yeah, you know, about three o'clock every day, I get really tired, I get grumpy, it's too soon for dinner, but I'm hungry again, you know, whatever it is that, that comes up for you, think about how that might look different if you could be intentional about changing that. So the other piece that, of course, I want to mention is this idea of scheduling self-care 
opportunities. So whether those are just small things, I mean, I'm such a fan of these little mini rituals, but like putting some lotion on your hands for a moment, you know, just after you do the dishes, stopping for a moment, drying off your hands, putting on some nice lotion, notice the feel, notice the smell, be intentional about that moment of self-care for yourself. Something as small as that can make such a difference and break up the day in a way that is, again, being being intentional about your routine and self-care. So that's the first, that is the first point that we'll talk about is routine. So I encourage you to think about that. What what does your regular routine look like? What is working? What isn't? Where might you tweak it? I also like to think in areas of like your physical self and your emotional self and your spiritual self. What in what ways are you supporting each of those areas in your life with your routine? Can you bring into your routine the idea of drinking more water and hydrating yourself or increasing your sleep? And those are some good physical sort of things that we want to make sure are, are um, in our routine. But then think about what psychologically can we add to that? Are there times during the day where you intentionally have positive self-talk for yourself. One of my new favorite things, well, maybe it's not so new. I've been doing it for a little while now is I ask myself what went well today. And I've really incorporated that into my daily routine. It helps me reframe things in a positive light. It helps me recognize what is going well and focus on that. But what you look for, you will find, you know, so I, I kind of think about reprogramming my brain cells, <laughs> those neurons to, to seek the, the positive. And just by asking that question, it encourages me to do that. So that's, that maybe is an example of a psychological routine that I could add into, into my daily life, or, and that I try to do. And then the spiritual piece too. What does that look like for you? Is it journaling? Is it praying? Is it being grateful? Get curious about those things. So number one is routine. Number two, stay connected. So when we think about being connected, we think about community. We think about interdependence. So having a sense of connection and community are so important when we're combating that sense of isolation. So thinking about the ways that you do feel connected, recognizing that feeling connected, kind of kind of like my story with my client that, that lived in the nursing home, feeling connected and being connected are, are so important. You, you may be around a lot of people but it's feeling connected that is the, the most important piece. So get curious. Think for a moment. How do you connect in your life? Is it in a physical way? Are you, do you feel most connected when you're holding someone's hand or you're making eye contact or you're talking on the phone? Think about all the ways that you like to connect with others, that you feel the most connected. 
during times of isolation, there's all this technology that has come into play, whether that's Zoom or FaceTime or other techie kind of ways of being connected, texting, that can be really helpful. And we know that that isn't a substitute for, for everything either. Sometimes picking up the phone and hearing that person's voice can be really important. One of the other things I do is I think about the, the love languages. So there are five love languages, and you can just pull them up online and take a peek at them yourself. There are words of affirmation, physical touch, receiving gifts, quality time, and acts of service. And so when you review these different love languages, you can be thinking for yourself, how do I, again, receive love? How do I show that I want to be connected to someone else? And so words of affirmation might be things like encouraging or affirming, listening actively, physical touch might be those things like I mentioned, like holding someone's hand or rubbing someone's shoulder and then receiving gifts could be just in general being thoughtful, making sure it's it's sort of a way to help others know that you've been thinking about them or also, again, how you receive those appreciating gifts that may be given to you. Quality time, that one-on-one time is so critical and important. And then acts of service might be things that people want to do for others or you may want to do for someone else. So all of those can be, again, just tools when we're thinking about staying connected to others. How how do you feel the most connected? So that's kind of a fun little way of thinking about that piece. So the third area that we're going to talk about is reframe. And I love, this is probably my theme, I think, of the last few years is reframing the way that we think about things. You can reframe to be more positive. You can reframe to feel like you have more control. You can reframe your situation to give yourself more hope. So the one thing that I think about when I when I talk about reframing is, is that it can be so helpful to focus on what you can control. So paying attention to your thoughts, your self-talk, is really important being aware of that first of all and then paying attention to how you can sort of flip that piece so it might look for you like maybe you want to limit the news or social media or negative information and and welcome and invite in more positive and uplifting sort of information and in, intentions in your life So it could look like literally putting your attention on those hopeful and helpful thoughts. So reframing is really important, whether it's working with your loved one or it's just the the self-talk that you have in your mind. So the fourth thing that we want to talk about here, the the fourth point, is setting an intention. Whether... We're talking about a ritual or we're changing our mindset. Being intentional about your self-care is really important. And we kind of touched on that a little bit with, the, with point number one, routine. 
But it's a beautiful time to think about embracing what feeds your spirit. So be intentional about those little things you do, whether it's taking a deep breath when you walk into a room. You know, I I think I mentioned this in another podcast. I had a client that said, well, I definitely go to the bathroom every day. So I'm going to set the intention that every time I walk into the bathroom, uh, before I turn on the light, I'm going to shut the door in this moment of darkness, take a deep breath, and then go on with my business, turn on the light and go on with my business. But there, there is a moment built into the routine for self-care, for setting the intention of whatever it is you might be, centering yourself. So that can be a very helpful tool. And the last tip is tip number five, listen. Listen to your inner guidance. Pay attention to your inner self. Notice when you're feeling overwhelmed. Notice when you're feeling scared or you need a break. Notice when you start to feel down. What are your cues? What Listen to your body. What What is happening before you get to that point? And then start to respect your limits. Start to really listen to your body and honor that. So it might be that you take a break or change your thoughts. All of that can be so important. Listening might also help you recognize those times that things are really going well and you're able to slow down and and recognize that. So these five tools to help you fight the sense of isolation, I hope are helpful for you. I'm sure there are 50 more out there. (laughs) And like I said, just take what works, add to it, tweak it, drop what doesn't. But remember those five five tools, routine, staying connected, reframing, setting the intention, and listening. And I hope everyone has a fabulous rest of your day. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have comments or would like to send us a message, you can send it to info at lifeonrepeatpodcast.com. Please also consider following us at Life on Repeat Podcast, either on Instagram or Facebook. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute, nor is it meant to convey professional, legal, psychological, financial, or medical advice. If you can use such services, please seek them out from someone you trust.